This is Ordinary to Extraordinary with Jamie Brown, sharing inspiring stories from ordinary to extraordinary people as we discuss their highs and lows along their journey. Let's navigate your way to the top. Here's your host, Jamie Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. We have Delisa West. She is an artist, a life coach, a real estate agent, and much, much more. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I know it's late afternoon for you over in Seattle. Um, Have you always lived there? Uh, Yes, I grew up in Seattle. Oh, that's exciting. Although I'm planning on moving. So um, I'll tell you a little bit about my childhood if you want to know about growing up in Seattle. Yeah. My mother said quite a lot. Go outside and play. Even if it was raining, you know, it doesn't rain a lot in Seattle. It rains like, well, 60 to 80 inches of rain a year, but it rains often. So as a kid, I would say, I don't want to go outside and play. It's raining. And she would say, honey, you're not a sugar cube. Go outside. You're not going to (laughs) melt. That's awesome. I think of that sometimes when I'm outside in the rain and I'm thinking it's dreary. I think of my mom saying that. When I was a kid, I lived on this family compound. My dad was an immigrant from Finland and his mom and dad also immigrated from Finland and so did his sister. So we lived in one house. My grandparents lived in another house. My aunt and uncle lived in a house across the driveway and we lived on this land that had fruit trees and a garden area and several outbuildings. One of the outbuildings was a family-sized sauna. When I was a young woman, I lived in there in grandfather's house, and I once had 21 people and one dog in the sauna at one time. So that's how big that space was. Oh, my gosh. Um, We also had a two-lane bowling alley in the backyard, a regulation two-lane bowling alley, because my father was a cabinet maker and he had lots of friends in the trades and so one day someone called him and said there's this bowling alley getting torn down do you want to buy the lanes and so he and his friends just built this building put the lanes in it and all the semi-automatic pin setting machines and they got some it of course it was the 1950s so there was a wet bar and two lanes and nothing else <laughs> it was just <laughs> a place for drinking and bowling that is so awesome. Not many people could say, you know what, we grew up with a bowling alley in the back of it. Right on. You know, that's impressive. It was fun. When I was a little girl, I was about maybe four or five, and I said to my mom one day, I'm going to run away. I'm running away from home. And she said, oh, really? Where do you think you'll go? And I said, I'm going to Moo's house. That's what I called my grandma. She said, okay, honey, let me help you pack. <laughs> So I remember she helped me pack a teeny tiny suitcase I have, and I marched down the end of the driveway and down the stairs to my Mumu's house for the afternoon. But I I do remember I came home before dark. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's That's so cute. That's a good little story. I know. Oh, my gosh. So where did the love of real estate come from? Well, you know, I became a real estate agent as a young woman after failing at a few other possible jobs. I did, um, 
I did lots of random jobs that weren't necessarily women's jobs. I was a bellhop. I was a limo driver. Uh, I sold food to people on fishing boats. I worked on charter fishing boats that went off in the ocean looking for salmon and tuna. And one day a friend of mine said to me, what are you going to do next? And I said, I don't know. Real estate maybe? Maybe run a charter boat again? I can't decide. And she said to me, you know, you've done a lot of things and you haven't been that successful. <laughs> Bit rough. You should change your name. <laughs> I know, my good friend, we're still friends. You, after I got off the shock of that comment, she said, you should change your name and change your life. And so we decided then that I would go by D, what my birth name was. And I went around Seattle interviewing for real estate jobs, telling people my name was Delisa because I was going to be a successful real estate agent. And I, of course, I got a job selling real estate because they just hire anybody pretty much who has a license. And then they train you so that they'll know you'll be good. And when people would say, hey, Delisa, I wouldn't necessarily turn around because I wasn't used to having a new name. Yeah. But truly, if you know anyone who's ever changed their name purposefully, in, intentionally, it does change who you think you are. Yeah. And so I went from kind of a mess up, kind of just getting by a little bit here and there to... D. Lisa West, real estate agent. And I walked with more confidence and I talked with more confidence. And over the last 35 years, I've helped lots of people buy and sell homes. I've been the manager of a real estate brokerage. I've worked on teams. And one time while I was wondering, you know, is this all there is? Should I do something else besides this? I remember saying to my boyfriend at the time, hey, I think I'll be a coach. And he said, he was across the room from me, and he kind of yelled across the room, don't do that, that's stupid. And I, I felt kind of disappointed at the time, and I, I dropped it. Well, I also dropped him as a boyfriend eventually. <laughs> so He got sacked. That, that idea that I could be a coach and I could do what I do naturally, which is talk to people, listen to people, help them, you know, not physically move into a house, but move into the life that they would love to have. That, that was still just in me for a few years until COVID. And when COVID came to Seattle, and as you probably know, I think everyone in the world knows that the first case was in Seattle in a nursing home. So everything was suddenly shut down. They told us to stay home. We couldn't go out. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. And I remember a particular morning when I walked across my apartment to sit down at this blue vinyl chair, at this blue table, check my email. And I thought to myself, I'm so happy. 
Even if someone calls me today to show them real estate, I can't do it. Even if someone calls me today and they want to buy a house, I can't do it. I can just sit here and not run around. And then my second thought was, oh, holy cow, maybe real estate's not your job anymore (laughs) if you're super happy that you can't do it. Yeah. So at that moment, I actually signed up to become certified as a life coach. And so after many, many years of coaching people, I now have a a really beautiful program uh, and, and training to be an evocative life coach, meaning I pull the ideas out of you. I don't give them to you. You already have them. That's very fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I think that's very interesting because you also coach um, real estate agents, though, too, don't you? Yes. 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 So my specialty is coaching successful real estate agents who wonder, is this all there is or possibly uh, what's next? You know, maybe what's next for them isn't, a different career, but it's a different way of doing their career. Yeah. Very interesting. With your life coaching um, side of things, I think it's very fascinating that you try to pull the answers out of people instead of giving them light bulb ideas because I sit back sometimes and I think, you know, what is next? Because, you know, you got kids and then, you know, for myself, um, you know, I'm in construction, then I've got kids and then, you know, you're always looking into the future and you're like, what do I do? You know, and sometimes you're a bit puzzled and then, yeah, so it's nice to go to someone and go, <laughs> help me try to work out where I'm going. Cause some people don't know, do they? Most people don't know. If you ask most people what they'd like to do, if they could do anything, they might not have an answer. So one of the, one of the really fun exercises uh, that I do in my coaching, I could actually do with you right now if you're okay. willing. Yeah, right. yeah. So let's imagine. I want you to consider these four quadrants. There's health and well-being. There's uh, time and money freedom. There's your vocation and what you give back to the world. And there's love and relationships. So in those four quadrants. Maybe one is going to speak to you that you might have some longing or discontent in. So I invite you to imagine that you could wave a magic wand and everything you ever wanted in that quadrant of life has come true. Better than you could ever, ever imagine. In fact, I'd like you to imagine that right now you're going into a time machine. So if you... If, if you're listening to this podcast later, please don't try this while you're driving or running equipment. <laughs> but if you can sit somewhere and close your eyes and go on a little adventure with me, I invite you to imagine that you're stepping into a time machine. You're opening the door, you're stepping inside, you're closing the door, and there's a big panel in front of you. And you're going to push a button. It's going to take you three years into the future. 
So go ahead and in your imagination, push that button. You're going one year. You're going two years. You're going three years into the future. Now the time machine has stopped and it's three years from now. Go ahead and in your imagination, open up the door and step into your beautiful life. What does it look like? What are you doing? Who are you with? Can you see anything? Can you smell anything? Most importantly, how does it feel? How does it feel to see that everything has worked out? Beautiful. Take a few more moments to look around and then get back in the time machine. Close the door. Push the button back to now. And come back to this time and space. Feel free to open the door and be here now. Did you get anything that you didn't already know? I did. And then I think I would need to... um, go back and listen and stop and just kind of evaluate um, and just have a look at, you know, because sometimes you don't, you know, you don't truly know what you desire and what you want. But um, for me, like I seen kids, that's something that's, you know, um, in the near future, um, you know, because I'm about to turn 29 in a few weeks. So, um you know, I seen a kid, like a baby in there. So that's exciting. But then it's also that fear of the unknown too, isn't it? You'll sometimes it comes back to what comes up. Yeah. Yeah, What comes up for people, Jamie, is that, um, we can have a dream that's so fantastic and we can think it because it's not now. We don't have to think how we're going to do it or what we need to do, or how we're going to get there, because it's in the future three years. And the reason we use three years is because your brain, your human mind, knows what you can do in six months or one year. And, of course, a baby takes nine months. So (laughs) you can already talk to yourself and say, oh, that wouldn't, I can't do that. That will never happen, or blah, 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 blah. But if you say three years in the future, and you really find something that, makes you feel so happy and so joyful that you would really, really love it, then that's the first step in creating a life you love because you can't go anywhere unless you know where you're going. And another way to explain that is you can't build something without a blueprint, right? So you just say, build me a house. Well, how big is it? Or... What kind of siding do you want? You know, if you're building a house, you need to know all the details. You need to know what the end result looks like. And if you're building a life, it's the same thing. It's very interesting, isn't it? Because people focus, um, even myself sometimes, I really struggle. You focus on what, you know, in the past or, you know, in the future and you're not really now. (laughs) focusing on the now yeah. and it ta- 
you know, and that, and that's a hard one because, you know, for me it's anxiety, you know, with work sometimes it's like, oh, my God, I've got to do this, this and this, and then I'm like, oh, my God, we did that. Is that right? Is that wrong? And um, not focusing on the now, on the right now and enjoying the moment, um, I think – I think once I get a handle of that, I think I'll be a lot more better. Good. That's good noticing. What, one of the things I've heard recently, which I love so much, is it certainly has been true for me, is that most people use their imagination to terrorize themselves. Wow. That's so true, though, so isn't it? We're, yeah. We're thinking of what could go wrong. We're thinking of the future and that we can't have it. Instead of imagining, like if you could imagine every day that future beautiful dream you had when you stepped out of the time machine and you really held that as a vision, you will get that or something better because the universe lines things up to help you. When you really know where, when you decide where you're going, the universe helps you go there. You've probably had uh, something happened in your life where you really wanted to have something happen, but at the time you decided to do it, you had no idea. How are you going to get there? Yeah. But you got there, right? Yeah. It's funny with this podcast, um, I didn't know how I was going to get guests. I just knew that I'd wanted to do this for like two years and I was going to do it with some girlfriends and that fell through and here I am doing it solo. Um, but I've just, it's funny, every guest I'm, I, I have on my podcast is something that I really need to work on or there's something where I could tweak it a little bit and it's just like all these people are coming to me and it's like I'm winning the lotto. Every, you know, every week I get to speak to someone that's really helping me move forward, also bringing, you know, the resources to the people that are also um, listening. So I hope they're enjoying it as much um, as I am. But um, it's just funny, isn't it, when you, you just set on something and you just don't know how you're going to get there, but it just starts to work itself out. And then you think, why did I have so much anxiety? Why didn't I start this two years ago? You know what I mean? Well, and, and truly, the fact that you wanted to start it with girlfriends, but now you're doing it alone, and now you're finding that all the guests are sort of speaking to your own heart, it, it seems like it worked out better than you imagined in the first place. That's right. It's, the universe is amazing, isn't it? Totally. Yeah, so when I first signed up to do the training, coach training, I did that same exercise I've done it multiple times now like what would I like in the future what I saw for myself in the future was I lived in a house on a hill that overlooks a sacred grove of trees and off in the distance I can see some water which is where where I would live and have coaching retreats in the sacred grove of trees and I knew that this place was not Seattle but I didn't know where it was and in my future, I was said, I'm a coach, I'm an artist, and I live in this beautiful place. And in about three weeks, I'm moving to California, to a little town in California. I did not find that house yet, 
I found an apartment to live in. But I, I totally expect that one day I will go somewhere and I will go, that's my house. Yeah. I saw it in my vision. Uh, I'm very excited about the next step of my, my life moving to a small town in California and that has a little bit better weather, weather than Seattle does. Oh. So. Well, I'm so excited for you and you'll have plenty of, um, you know, you'll be able to produce plenty of beautiful content. I know that you, you've got heaps of videos on YouTube from real estate videos to should you stage your house to, um, you know, you're doing meditation, you're doing, um, which I love. I haven't had a chance to try yet. So how did you get into uh, meditation? You know, for years, oh, I love the story of how I got into meditation. When I was a cook on ships, I, I had to ask one of the deckhands a question. So I ran down the stairs in the ship and I barged into his stateroom and it was really, it was dark in there and there was one candle burning. And I was like, oh, sorry. And he said, no, it's cool. Uh, I was just meditating. And I asked him the question and I wandered off. And later I said, hey, would you teach me how to meditate? And he said, sure, you just easy you just stare at a candle or maybe an orange and that's all you do and I tried that and it did not work for me <laughs> then I learned multiple other kinds of meditation none of them really worked for me then I read a book by a guy named Light Watkins the book's called Bliss More and it's all about meditation and in his book, he talks about how he was a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher. And he struggled with meditating daily until one day it just clicked for him while he was meditating with a friend. And after I read his book, and especially the chapter that says, there's no wrong way to meditate. I meditated for like 100 days in a row after reading that book. Now, I'm a, I'm a kind of, I don't meditate every day at the same time, but I meditate, I'm a regular meditator now, thanks to that book. And mainly, I think people get the idea that they have to sit a certain way, they have to do it silently, or they can't fidget when they're meditating. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you sit up, if you lie down, if you're sitting cross-legged, if you there's so there's hundreds and hundreds of ways to meditate. So that's what I do in my meditation courses and when I teach meditation. It's just like, would you like to do it with a sound? Or would you like to do it visualizing relaxing your body? Or would you like to do there's actually something called a laughing meditation where you just laugh. You laugh and then you laugh at how silly it is to laugh by yourself and you laugh until you can't laugh anymore. And that's the whole meditation. Wow. There's also dancing meditations, walking meditations. Uh, so I became free in my concept of how to meditate. And that's what I try to share with people. That's awesome. I had no idea because I haven't, um, you know, researched meditation, but you know, um, there was so many options. So it's, it's great. Well, if people want to start meditating and they can just look you up on your, um, on your website, yeah. is it? 
Yeah, I've got um, the websites under construction, almost tweaked, but we'll see. Uh, Coaching with D, and you can find me everywhere at Coaching with D. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and I think on YouTube, I'm D Lisa 206 but I think you can find me that way too. Yeah, I'll put all your uh, links um, in the description below for the people that are listening. If they, And, yeah, jump Beautiful. on. You've always got quotes going on. You've always got videos going up on YouTube. So um, you're a busy, busy lady. Lisa, well, I wish you all the best with your move. I hate moving, but I hope it all works out for you and you enjoy California. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jamie. It was lovely to chat with you and I wish you the best of luck in all of your other interviews that you do on your podcast. I love that you're doing this for the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being here, Delisa. I really appreciate your time. I hope you enjoy your Saturday night and um, yeah, thank you again. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary with Jamie Brown. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Follow us on all social medias at OTE with Jamie Brown.